You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by educators for educators. Your host for season one is OEA member Jesse Bray. Welcome to the OEA Grow podcast. My name is Jesse Bray and I'm the host of season one. Today we have Colin Stapp and he's going to talk about nature. Um, Hey, Colin, you want to say hello? Hey, everyone. It's nice to be here and join the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, we, you know, before we started the show, uh, Colin and I were just geeking out on some of our interests, and uh, we have a lot in common with technology. Um, and that's a, you know, this is the this is the era of the pandemic, but it's also the era where we we do we live online. Um, so there's a need for us to disconnect, but it's also really hard when you love technology. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do, Colin, and what, what's what you as a teacher? What, what's something that's what's your wheelhouse? What you what do you play around in? Sure. I am uh, an instructional technologist at Schmeckata Community College in our Center for Academic Innovation. And uh, I also teach a couple classes myself, first year experience and an education course. But my primary role is working with other faculty, helping them uh, with their courses, with remote learning, uh, integrating technology into their courses, uh, a lot of those different types of things that go into online or hybrid or, or now supporting remote instruction yeah. as well. No, that's great. That's, that's uh, something that I take a lot of interest in as well as a, as an animator and graphic designer, um, because you know, that the expectation for rich, engaging media, right? That's a high bar to ask a teacher, especially say a gen ed teacher to be able to do that. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're teaching writing, by the way, we're going to need a a production. We're going to need a green screen. You know, that, that sounds daunting exactly. to them, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How did, how did you get into that? I've spent my entire career in higher ed. I started out, uh, at Pacific university right out of college. I was, uh, went to graduate, um, from Pacific and then ended up working there in a, in the media department and worked in several different areas and then moved uh, to Shemekata and got into really supporting online learning. And uh, since I've been here, I went back and got my master's degree uh, in educational technology. So I, I've always been an educator in some aspect and have taught, you know, summer camps in different areas outside of higher ed. Um, but higher ed has kind of been my wheelhouse for almost 30 years. It's kind of oh, scary to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like make you feel old, but yeah, you know, that, that's, um, <laughs> that's a crazy thing because 30 years of technology, you have seen it all. Like you've seen it all. Um, and yeah, I have actually. Like, where, where exactly is Shemekata? Just to, for those who may not be aware of where that geographically is. Shemekata is in Salem. So, Salem. um, and we operate in th- our district is three different counties. So we're in Marion County, Yamhill County, and then Polk County as well. Oh, cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, I, you know, Schmeckata, the, the name, it, it, it sticks in your mind, but it doesn't always geographically. Like mm-hmm. when I tell people I'm, I teach at Klamath Community College, you'll be like, oh, Klamath Falls. Like you, there's a, boom, there's a, there's a city slap to that, to that school, that school. That kind of makes sense. But, um, all right, I just got to throw this out there of technology, how things have changed. Um, have, have you discovered the way that you used to unplug, right? And 30 years of teaching, uh, has that evolved as well? 
for me, it hasn't because I've always, ever since high school, I've always loved the outdoors and oh, doing nice. things outdoors. And so that is probably my biggest way to unplug. And I think the only thing that's changed about unplugging into the outdoors is 30 years ago, there weren't cell phones. Oh, yeah. So people weren't doing selfies or, you know, shooting video on their phone and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Or, or trying to make a phone call um, from the middle of nowhere. And now, you know, yeah. sometimes those things do occur. Um, but when I'm outdoors, I really try to unplug and just enjoy whatever it is that I'm doing outdoors. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I do agree with you about the, you know, how the outdoors have become, the indoors have become part of the outdoors. Um, you know, the Pokemon goers and all that stuff like that. It, it, it's, it's changed the way that people engage with nature. Um, mm -hmm. However, you know, I, I am also a huge nature lover. Uh, you know, it, wherever you're at, there's a, there's, there, there's some sort of greenery that you can be a part of on a, a walk, something like that. It, it helps you to get away from your computer screen. Um, but I'd love to speak to that. Tell me, tell me about your, what's your go-to when it comes to nature to decompress, to, to recharge? Uh, what is something that you love to do? What is something that you, like you, you crave, you know, the inner Sasquatch here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, my background is is in photography and I still love to to shoot photos. So I think probably one thing is is literally getting back to nature and and shooting nature photography and scenics and last couple of years I've really been into um photographing wildlife and nice. so just taking my time and really enjoying wherever I'm at outdoors and photographing it. And, but then I also don't want to just see the outdoors from behind a camera lens or through a little viewfinder. So there are times that I'll go hiking or do something and I don't pull out my camera. I always take my camera, but I may mm -hmm. not always pull it out because I want to take in wherever it is. And it doesn't, for me, the outdoors doesn't have to be an extreme vista. It could be walking along a creek or it could be a short trail or, I mean, I love backpacking and long trips. Yeah, uh, and I've done a lot of mountain climbing, but just just getting outside and just kind of taking a breath and stopping and th and not thinking. I almost said thinking, <laughs> but not thinking about things and just experiencing what's there. Maybe listening to the sounds uh, and hearing, seeing what you can hear, and and getting familiar with a new place and exploring a new place. Just going somewhere different. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, people that like the outdoors have their go-to places. Um, I know I do, but it's, it is kind of fun just to explore and go somewhere completely different. I totally agree with you. Uh, I just, to me, it's walking and any way I can get out there in nature and walk. Um, what I do love about Klamath, and it's something I try to replicate whenever I go on my walks, trying to find something like that, is that Klamath is, there's 300 days of sunshine. So, mm -hmm. so even if it's, doesn't matter if it's the dead of winter, you know, and there's snow piled up, it's sunny. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing, but there's like bald eagles, there's, there's deer, there's, there's foxes. So it's like walking into a Disney film. So you walk outside and you're like, oh yeah, I, I am out in, out in nature. And it's, it's nice to be able to just turn off the artificial, right? Turn mm -hmm. off the metaverse <laughs> and get mm -hmm. into, get into real life. And, um, no, that's, I, I, I dig that. Um, so, okay. Um, you know, two big questions uh and one really fun one and then one sure. i want to then one more like you know what 
more or less, what does OEA mean to you? But the fun one that I think is, what's something that you've done, a challenge that's really, you know, like you're just craving it. You've, you just need to get back to nature. What's something that you're kind of you're proud of, you know, you with your other nature buddies that you're like, this is really, I just came back and I just feel like my life has changed. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I could, um, probably two different ones and they're very extreme. Um, the most recent was, uh, just before the pandemic. So I think it was 2019. I did a six day canoe trip, uh, with a friend of mine from college and two of his kids up in the boundary waters in Minnesota. Nice. And, uh, that was, that was super remote. I mean, no cell phones. You could take a cell phone, but you are not going to get a signal. Yeah. Um, we were, on the water for six full long days. They were hard days because we had to portage our canoes um, and and pull them out of the water and then hike over you know some trails and then get to the next lake and and it was completely new. My friend had been there because he grew up in Minnesota. I had never been to this area before, and so you know I took a lot of photos. I took it all in. I did not miss being connected to Wi-Fi or cell phone or anything. Awesome. And the days, like I said, were long, and so we were tired, but it just felt good. Like it, you felt reinvigorated from really working hard, and we had a goal. Like we wanted to get to certain lakes, and then, you know, we needed to get back and, and make our, our deadlines for all that. And so we had some long days, but it was, you know, it was super fun. And being with someone um, that I'd known since college and his kids, that was really cool, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. The other one happened probably about 10 years ago, and I used to do a lot of mountain climbing. And um, I climbed five different of the Cascade Peaks in one summer. Um, and cool. uh, so it was Mount Shasta, Mount Hood, Mount Adams, Mount Rainier, and Mount Baker. Um, and that was a pretty intense summer. They weren't all back to back. They were kind of spread out over the summer. Didn't make the summit of all of them, but that's the way mountain climbing goes. But sure. that was just a hard summer to really push yourself to, cause you know, Mount Rainier and Mount Shasta are over 14,000 feet. Mount Adams is 12,000 feet. You, you know, even mountains that aren't that tall mountains are, are difficult and the, the, the extremes, the weather conditions. And so you just had to always be on. Um, and again, carried my camera the whole time, carried it to the summit of these peaks that we made. Um, and so I got some really incredible images, but the one thing from that series of trips, Mount Rainier was the last one that we climbed that summer. Um, and coming down, we were in a section where I, I couldn't pull out my camera. It was, it was in front of me and I had a chest harness and my case was right there, but I just, I couldn't, let go of an ice axe and rope and other things to pull out a camera. And so I watched the sun going down. We'd actually summited Mount Rainier at sunset. So instead of summiting early in the morning, we got to do it in the, in the evening. And so we were coming down the mountain as it was getting dark. Usually you're going up as it's getting light. So I got to watch the sunset and Mount Rainier casting its own shadow. And I couldn't take a picture of it. So it's just there in my memory. And it's one of those things that like, I'll probably never forget because it was, there was no, I couldn't have captured the same photo if I'd wanted to. And so it was one of those times I'm glad I couldn't pull out my camera and yeah. I just had to experience nature in that moment of 
coming down a mountain and watching the sun go down in in an experience that I hadn't ever done before summiting at night or, you know, late in the day and then coming down after dark. That sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds incredible. Like I, you know, I, my limited mountain experience, um, I mean, I've done a lot of hiking and stuff like that, but I, you know, I've, I know what you're talking about. There's that, there's a time when you see the sunset that, that just feels, it's just, it almost feels like, um, I could be wrong to take a photo. Like mm-hmm. just, just, it just to just be in it, just to be yeah, present. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the beauty of nature. That's the beauty of hiking. You can't really burn down and rush through hiking. Uh, you know, it's, it's not really, it's not, it's not a race. Uh, you're going to get there where you get there. You're going to eat when you eat. You're going to bathroom when you get a bathroom. You know, you're going to, you're going to do what you're going to do, but it's not about burning down, getting it done. And I think it's, that's probably the beauty of nature to restore your mental health over anything else. Um, I totally it, agree. And yeah. It's the opposite. It's the total yeah. opposite. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, and you know, like I, I do think I encourage other people to, if they're, if they're able if they're in a place where they can go and hike and get out there, uh, there are a lot of accessibility trails. I've, I've actually, there's a lot of great resources I've heard about people who, you know, you know, level one hikers and stuff like that. So that people, cause you know, let's be honest, some of the stuff is pretty intense. And if, yeah. you're, if you're new to it, it's hard to get out there and, and know where to go. And I do know in Portland, there's a whole network of accessibility for people with wheelchair access and, and different, you know, you know, maybe joint issues, stuff like that. So that's always great. But I do encourage people to find a way to connect with nature. It is a great thing. You know, I'll share mine, a really short one, just because, because you know, in the spirit of sharing, um, the most exhausting but deeply moving experience I had was also in 2019. Um, and I, I walked the Camino. Um, which, wow, yeah, that is dude, cool. It was very cool. Um, and it's my, my, um, my sister owned a travel company before, you know, the pandemic killed everything. But, um, oh my gosh, there's just something about walking through the Spanish countryside, which it's very similar to Oregon's landscape. It's just warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of just seeing a broken down barn, you'll see like a, you know, an old villa or something like that. But it's, and the people there are so friendly and they eat like cowboys. <laughs> um, and just, uh, it's, it was just a beautiful experience to walk just more miles than you thought you could possibly ever walk in your life. Um, but just to be in it. And if you have like, I guess if you love yourself enough, you put yourself that forward. It's like, Hey, you know what? This, this is worth it to do mm-hmm. something like this, to go in nature, even if it's a little bit, it can be very restorative. Um, but yeah, last, last question for you, Colin. And this has been just, sure. this has been fantastic. Uh, we could probably nerd out forever about nature walks. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about OEA and what OEA means for you. How have they helped you? Um, you know, I think the biggest way that OEA has helped me is just being uh, with a group of educators um, sharing a common goal and um, working together. I was for a long time here at Chemeketa. I was on our OEA or our faculty association executive board. Um, And so working with our own faculty association and the OEA representatives and things like that. Um, OEA always had our best interest at heart and really wanted to work to, to better the lives of faculty and, and help education overall. And so I just think that for me, OEA has just been that support as an educator, um, where maybe it's workshops that I've 
few workshops that I've participated in, reaching out to other colleagues. Um, yeah. And, and just that, just that support network as well. And then also I got to teach a couple classes for OEA. Um, and so being able to reach out and just share some of my experiences and help other educators expand their teaching resources. Cause every time I teach, I learn something from participants as well. It's not like yeah. I know everything. And so OEA creating that network where we can partner together and learn from each other, I think has been probably one of the biggest things for me. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I love OEA uh, because of this, and I know this, you know, OEA is, this is, it's about growing, but the community, the resources, the people, um, I'd say other, other, other little, you know, unions have a, have a really, really high standard to match to get to where OEA is like that. And I, I do love that. I love that they, they've said, Hey, let's make a podcast to connect with people and help them with their mental health and resiliency. Like that's, to me, that shows a lot. I, I really dig it. Um, yeah. I think this is huge, just having this podcast series and having different topics that people can relate to about mental health and just us taking care of ourselves and our families and all these different things. And so that that network uh, of resources, like you mentioned, I think is huge. Yeah, I yeah, I totally agree. And it's just it's just something that's like I just I love I love being a part of it. Well, Colin, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, buddy. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you again for being on the podcast. Uh, I'm you know, I just you 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 got me wanting to go outside. I got to go do a nature walk right now. Uh, so, um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for those listening, uh, thank you for tuning in and we look forward to uh, hearing and listening to you soon. Take care. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit our webpage at grow.oregoned.org. Dot org.